0: The following is a Joel Mahalik production. Let me explain something to you. Whenever you come in here and interrupt me, you're breaking my concentration. You're distracting me, and it will then take me time to get back to where I was. Understand? Hello, kiddies, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Joel Mahalik Show. Thanks for being here. Uh, I am solo this week as uh, the lovely Sharon is, uh, is taking a break because it is Mother's Day weekend. And so she has taken the weekend off. And uh, be, uh, being that it is Mother's Day weekend, a big shout-out to all the moms out there. Uh, this day is for you, so... Hopefully you're not doing anything today because you got it all done yesterday. Um, but no, seriously, so happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the fur baby mommies. Okay, another uh, a, a segment of the population that is missed. Uh, and not that we wished pet owner mommies a happy Mother's Day for that reason years ago. But, you know, as a society, we evolve. Sometimes as a society we get stupid too, but as a society we evolve. So happy Mother's Day. It is a Mother's Day weekend edition of the podcast which uh, which really means nothing. <laughs> I thought it would be cool to say that, but really it doesn't mean anything. We're not doing anything special for the podcast because it's Mother's Day weekend other than wishing you all a happy Mother's Day. And I'm solo. I'm by my lonesome. So I don't know if that's good or bad. But we'll take it. So we did some traveling this weekend. And, uh, you know, there's a problem with the weather, at least in this region of the country. And the problem with the weather is this. I think there's been two nice weekends since the first of January. So, so far in 2019, I think there's been two, maybe three, complete nice weekends. I'll take that however you mean it. Uh, For everybody, a nice weekend might mean something different. And so, it's been traveling in the rain, down to the beach, traveling in the rain, back from the beach. And, you know, it's just been uh, terrible. Now, it wasn't too bad yesterday. We had some sprinkles, but mostly sunny, cloudy. It was, you know, we were able to do things. Um, But today... The rain was terrible. And then, of course, driving home, I think we passed by three, possibly four, but definitely three accidents. And I don't know what it is about. Like, we talked about on the show before how people are, uh, for some reason, they turn into jackasses when they get behind the wheel. But then, when it starts raining, they become... Uh, amazing jackasses and they drive even worse if if that's possible if it's possible and what I'm telling you is it is possible because I've seen it and I'll never understand what the rush is where you're going in such a hurry with so many people on the roadway conditions deteriorated today driving north on route 1 I'm telling you the rain falling and the cars churning it all up turned it into like this this wet mist that uh, really um, uh, made visibility incredibly ugly. You could barely make out the third car ahead of you. It was difficult to make out brake lights, and yet you choose to drive like a moron. And I don't understand that. Why do you have to do that? You don't have to do that. You don't have to drive like a moron. But people do. And so people get hurt. And some people even die. Because you can't follow the rules of the road. You have to be in a hurry. You have to be doing something other than concentrating on your driving. There's all these things, all these different things that happen that cause these issues. One of the accidents that we were stalled uh, and had to work our way through was what the State of the Delaware calls a mass casualty event. It, isn't that terrible? It's called a mass casualty event. And that's, that's an ugly, ugly name for it. It certainly is. So, there you have it. Uh, please drive carefully. I know it means nothing that I'm saying it. It's more of a wish than... you know. It's not like an order. It's not like I can command you to do that. I would ask you to be careful. I would hate to have to be... uh, Out and about at the time that somebody decides... That's driving like that is driving like that. But please... If you don't want to do it for the other people... I mean, do it for yourself and your family. Isn't it worth isn't it worth seeing them at the end of that trip if they're not with you and if they are isn't it worth protecting them maybe maybe not i don't know so that's my story uh about the rain and the traveling this weekend on uh on yet another crappy weekend weather-wise And it's funny because, you know, my coworker, has said to me that he's been living in Delaware I think a little over 20 years now. And he said that he has come to know that in Delaware, the weekends are just generally crappy. And I guess I never thought of it that way until he mentioned it. And then now that he's mentioned it, I feel like Every weekend is disastrous. You know, we we were going we were going to do our own roof. We were going to do our own roof, tear it off, repair planks, repaper it, shingle it, new skylights. And last summer we were waiting for uh, you know a weekend, two three days, to be able to do it, and we went the whole season not getting guaranteed full weekend. And then so finally we actually just not even a month ago broke down and hired a roofing company and they came out and did it in 7 hours. So which you know turned out to be the right thing to do cuz then that took the pressure off of us trying to find time find find crew resources to get it done and uh, but mostly two a two or three day weekend of solid good weather. Where it was warm enough, not cold, not too cold, not too hot. Because the last thing you want to do is on, a, on an 80 or 90 degree day, be up on a roof that's now going to be converted to like 140, 150 degrees. Can't do that. So we broke down we got it done ourselves. Where we had it done. And that took all that pressure off. So... I was like, there's no way I'm going to try to go through another entire summer season, spring, summer, fall season, trying to get a good weekend. We got to get this done. And so that's what we did. But it also makes me realize how much more value that statement by my co uh, you made know, over a year ago about his experience with weekends in Delaware. So there you have it. And I mean, you know, th- does that ring true for anybody else? Facebook.com slash talk. I forgot to give out that information, but you can go there and tell me, you know, hey, are you listening from another state? How are your weekends? How are your weekends in your state? Especially if you're, like, outside this region, because, I mean, right where immediately where we're looking, I mean, Delaware, we're sort of, you know, on the coast. Some of the state is on the coast, and then the rest of the state is close to bay and river. So, you know, um, if you're in the southeastern part of pennsylvania if you're in new jersey southern new jersey if you're in northeastern maryland eastern shore maryland rather because northeastern maryland is something different you may experience similar stuff so you know i mean if you're in the carolinas if you're in california if you're in missouri or if you're in missouri i don't know uh what are your weekends like i don't know tell us about it post it something like that (laughs) anyway so moving on I wanted to tell you about this story I came across. I am all for um, uh, simple living. Affordable living. And I don't know why we have not yet. I think one day we will, and it may not be while I'm alive. But I think one day we will finally stretch out and, and, and start using wind and solar power as a norm. Not as something a homeowner can you know put every penny they have and take out loans and everything to get you know to go broke doing it but i think it someday it will become a standard i think someday it will have to become a standard but these you know i saw i ran across this article that goes a step further this is not about solar energy and wind energy we that that could be a whole nother topic but i was just saying as far as simple living easy living affordable living and obviously affordable living means you're you taking advantage of these types of things But I want to talk to you about a company called Icon. They're a construction company that uses 3D printing. Um, And uh, we we all know what 3D printing is, right? If you don't, it's a printer that will actually print items. Okay? Uh, Items. (laughs) And so, um, for example, in medical science, they're using 3D printers to print Um, Heart valves. So they don't have to use heart valves from pigs anymore to do heart valve replacement surgery. So things like that. 3D printers. People were printing guns with 3D printers. And now a construction company called Icon is printing affordable 3D housing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, According to Icon, the first permitted 3D printed home is just 350 square feet and it's located in austin texas the tiny home serves as a proof of concept for sustainable home building that will allow for safer more affordable homes for more families faster than ever so the printer used which is called the vulcan it's designed with uh you know some common constraints in mind for places such as haiti and rural el salvador and uh excuse me i didn't even bring a drink into the studio uh, I'm doing this without a drink to wet my whistle. Uh, so anyway, uh, places with unpredictable power, little technical assistance, and potable water that's not guaranteed. Uh, so Brett Hagler, CEO of New Story, who's covering it, said that we feel it's our responsibility to challenge traditional methods and work towards ending homelessness. Uh, this sounds like something similar I wrote about several years ago in an op-ed. Uh, but anyway, so um, by working with Icon and leveraging their 3D printing innovations, we were able to reach more families with the best possible shelter solutions exponentially faster. So 3D printing for homes it offers advantages that may not be available in conventional construction methods. Okay. Uh, they offer nearly zero waste. Uh, you have speed, a much broader design palette, next level resiliency, and the possibility of a quantum leap and affordability. Okay, We're not talking about 10% better than your typical stick-and-brick house. We're talking about 10 times better. Now, the home, they, the Proof-of-Concept Home in Austin was printed in less than 48 hours. Uh, and new story, the company, it says its aim is to get faster. As the technology progresses, we can get faster. Um, so eventually, the company's goal is to print homes in less than 24 hours. The Austin home costs around $10,000 to create. That's the printed portion only. Because then you have your labor to put it up. Um, but Icon and New Story, the two companies that have partnered up, they hope to create similar homes that would cost as low as $4,000. And they plan to break... They, they, they plan to break ground on their first 3D printed community in history sometime this summer. So we'll have to watch out for that. We I, As I said before, it's tough to follow up on stories because something like this gets a lot of attention. And then... The, the follow-up never gets any attention, and you're like, if you forget because life gets in the way, then you don't go out looking for it. But, um, but I, I, I'm going to really try. A couple of years ago, I wrote an op-ed about using uh, uh, recycling recycling storage containers uh, to make small housing and small housing villages for the homeless for the homeless and the uh, and the vets. And so this is uh, this is a similar concept. It's just that they're using three D printers. And this coincides with another a video I saw not too long ago, where they uh, this company was uh, making these blocks. They were and they go together almost like Legos. But that you built you built a house with these blocks, and, um, and and again it's made of a composite material, so it's it, it's better against the weather. It's better for um, for uh, insulating the indoors of the house, you know. And it's just amazing the things that they're doing. This is an area of technology that I enjoy talking about because I think this innovation is good. You know, I mean, uh, it, it's interesting because when we were down the beach this weekend, we we're looking at houses that cost like, you know, we, we, we were looking at this house for the last two years going, you know, when we were down there. We'd always drive by it every time we take Molly to the dog park. And this house is beautiful. It's got like that southwestern look to it. and And, uh, and it's beautiful. But it was for sale for like two years, so we didn't see the sale sign a couple weeks ago, and the grass looked high, and the place just looked like it was taken off the market and let go. And then uh, when I was down there this weekend, I kind of looked up some information and found out they sold it for five hundred thousand dollars last month. Five hundred thousand dollars, at fifty-six percent higher than anything else in the neighborhood. Everything else is going for two ninety-nine, two forty-nine. But that's not. The, but the point I'm making is, think about those home prices. And of course, obviously, because it's down the shore, you pay more money when you're closer to the beach. Uh, you know, but think about that. What would you do if, for say, five to ten thousand dollars for a small bungalow home, being printed, and then the labor to put it up? You know, what's that? Another? I don't know. Uh, I I can't even be realistic about this because I'm not sure what construction costs and labor would be. What another ten? I don't know. Twenty. Twenty-five thousand dollars. And you can put your, you can, you can, and then the cost of the landing, you put your own little house up. You know, something that will be better for those elements. Hot summers, cold winters. You know, something that's sustainable. Something that can use things like wind and solar power. And make it more affordable. It could be done. This is great stuff. So, I got to try to remember. I'm going to, in fact, I'm, I'm going to remember. I'm going to put the link up. I want you guys to see this. And then, of course, what I really need to focus on remembering to do is I'll try to make a Google remote like a, what are they a Google alert, and the Google alert will kind of track you know, some keywords, and I'll see if I can get uh, notified. Maybe we can get some notification of the first community of 3D printed affordable housing. That would be pretty cool, right? So I'll do all that. But anyway, uh, I, I failed to do this at the beginning of the show, so I'll do it now on the way out to the break. Uh, the website is jmtalk.net. J-M-talk not... JMtalk not... JMtalk.net. That's the website. You can go there and you can subscribe to the podcast. And you can listen to the 24-7 stream, all Joel Mihalik, all day long. And, and Sharon, too. Uh, and you can also uh, hang out at Facebook. Uh, check us out there at J-M-talk. We're also at Twitter at J-M-talk radio. So there are various ways. You can also email the show at Joel radio at gmail.com. So that is how you reach out to us and get a hold of us. Uh, later on in the program, a new Wombat of the Week and a new Hero to Honor. So that's all coming up uh, later on. Uh, those things come up in the home stretch of the show. I need to get some liquid in my throat, so I'm going to go do that And uh, that'll take about 90 seconds. And we'll get back to more of The Joel Mahalik Show. Be right back after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? welcome back to the show it's the joel moholic show the website is jmtalk.net the facebook is at jmTalk. talk while the twitter is at JMtalkRadio. radio also joel Mihalik radio at gmail.com that's how you can email us or if you want you can send your thoughts through text at four let's see if i remember this now 484-429-6061 484-429-6061 you can text your thoughts there and um you know if they're if they're worthy of some broadcasting then they get some broadcasting love right so there you have it so there are various ways to reach out to the show on the website of course 24/7 stream subscribe on your favorite player and pass it along to all your friends so that's how we do that um so in this uh, this segment a couple couple things um you know last year I read this article and I'm bringing this up now because um, I read maybe not an article so much as an idea last week uh, that, that that I feel now kind of links that. Have you ever done that? Have you ever read something some, you know, uh, some time ago and then you run into something else, something simple as a post and comments and you go, wait a minute. And it makes you think back to something that you read before. Well, this is sort of how this came to be. So last year I read this really interesting opinion piece uh, about um, it was entitled "Stop Giving Toxic People Your Time," and uh, it was from Darius Farah. Now, and, and and what it essentially said was, you know, that uh, sometimes you you know you get upset because of someone's nasty behavior to you, whether it's a coworker, a friend, even family members, and you say, well, you know, um, they're being nasty. It's not me. It's, it's them and, and it causes you uh to feel bad and this and that but what the uh what the piece was saying was hey it's not it's not them it is you you choose to associate what these how these people interact in your lives um, we say that others make us feel that way but that's false you decide how you feel about the things that happen in your life so uh he went on to say you can't control others and that's why Who you spend your time with is a matter of life or death. Okay. Uh, He quoted that the great uh, philosopher (laughs) Epictetus (laughs) I'm chopping that up. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Said that avoid fraternizing with people who don't share your values. Prolonged association with those with false ideas can only tarnish your thinking. Um, So what was interesting about this was a meme, post, and comments sort of brought this article back, and that's why I went out and looked for it for today's uh, uh, podcast, is the... Um, the It was basically saying that you've got to flush negative people out of your life, even if that means family. And believe me, that generated a lot of discussion because typically I think most people would think... you. you you don't do that. Family is family, right? Blood is thicker than water. You know all the sayings, all the cliches and the sayings. And you don't do that. But it really brought back what this article was saying, um, you know, about self-reflection and whatnot. Thinking about, and even he mentions as a third, as a third piece. He said, co-workers, friends, even family. And that's what brought me back to this article. Was this that says, even if it's family, you got to flush the negativity out of your life. And I, I'm a little uncomfortable with that. Um, I certainly I have um, a family member or two that I, you know we're not in touch with, but it doesn't mean that I don't care about them anymore more or less. Uh, but but. I can't really use that as a good example because the fact of the matter is, is what they're saying is negative people, even if they're your family. So if I have no interaction with certain family members, then they're being neither positive or negative in my life, which means nothing as far as this conversation goes. So it's interesting to think, to think about this, and I think there's there's value. And so um, again. I I personally don't find myself in a position to have to knock family out, but this is the second time in a year or less than a year that I'm seeing that mentioned. And and you almost can't not think about that. But let's go back to the original thing here. I brought my tea along. Let's go back to the original point. Does flushing negative people out of your life make your life better? I'm of the opinion that it probably would. I haven't pushed people... Well, I haven't... Okay, I haven't said... I'm going to disassociate myself with that person... To make my life better. I probably... Have just allowed... People to die away from my life. that makes sense? I don't make a point to... Tell anybody, even myself... That's it with this person. But I think the opportunity has been there... Where I just chose to spend less time and make less contact, and I do believe that it makes your life—you uh, f- feel better about your life because that person's negativity does not bring you down. So I think it's—I I think there's some truth there uh, with that. So uh, an example was given in the article. Say at your company where you work at, you recently hired a toxic intern. The intern turned out to be a different person from the person that you thought you hired. I see that. I mean, I listen. I haven't. I'm not a hiring person. I've seen that though when I used to hire people back in a day. I'm not in that position now, but I was, and that's the thing. Don't you feel like sometimes when you first meet people, okay, so taking his example, okay, hiring, okay, but what if you just meet somebody new, you're introduced to somebody new, forget work. And the first impression is, wow, this person's cool, they're pretty neat, they know a lot of things, they're a really nice person. And it's, I, I, so, there's like some dog and pony show stuff going on there, right? You know, and think about that. That's not real. If somebody has to, whether they're getting a job or they're meeting you and they're developing a friendship, to be something they're not naturally, to it's all for what they can gain from something, right? If I'm gonna be, if I'm gonna be fake, if I'm gonna pretend I like horror movies because you do, if I'm gonna pretend that I fish, if, I'm gonna, if I pretend I like cars because you do, yeah, you know, these types of things that's fake and why are you pretending what what are you looking to gain out of pretending to do that that's that's what i ask myself when i think about these things and and the and so this is how i'm bringing it to our discussion here you know if you don't like cars say it you don't like cars say it you know and what's particularly terrible about going back to the job thing is... You hire somebody because that interview was great. Man, this person is going to be great. And then they're hiring, you. you're like, what an asshole. You know, what's bad about that is the investment that you make as a company... To train somebody, to bring that person on board... onboard them, train them, teach them how to hone that craft... And then it turns out that they're not the right person for the job anyway. Or they're, or they're just a very bad person. And I saw a video two weeks ago... Of the, it was at a seminar, uh, it was at a seminar at, for uh, CEOs, CEOs and CFOs and CEOs, and this guy who was speaking to them said that people like that, you need to get rid of out of your company yesterday, because they will bring the good people in your company down, so it's it's interesting. Like all these things I'm seeing have, have brought me into this big, long discussion about it. But we so we can look at it from that corporate level to work level to personal level. And I think we can all say that, hey, we've got some negative people in our lives. And maybe they need to go. And as I said, maybe I don't exactly agree with the family thing i i guess that's as equal as anything else i just i don't know and if that's how it has to be then that's how it has to be that that's sad though but if you know if they have to go they have to go because toxic people will bring you down to the point where i mean you take years off your life worrying about other people and 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 how they perceive you and and what they're doing for you in that relationship you gotta let them go you gotta come loose So there you have it. Oh my, I'm getting froggy. I'm getting froggy. It's the froggy show. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, we'll move on to the next thing I want to talk about. This is, uh, and this really shocked me. I have got to tell you that this really shocked me. In fact, I just read this this morning. And the story coming right out of New Jersey says that people in New Jersey are overdosing on anti-diarrhea medicine. Now, I know some people are out there laughing, but this is not fun. This is this is really weird. They're talking about loperamide hydrochloride, which is that's the generic name for Imodium AD. So you probably heard about it. you probably saw the commercials. You probably use it. I have used it when you get a bad case of diarrhea. You have to use something that let's face it, shuts the pipes off. <laughs> you got to move forward. You got to get to where you're going. You got to go out and do this. You got to go to work. You got to... Sometimes, you've got to stop it. And so, I know from taking it before, I don't even need to look at the news story for this, a normal dosage, they say you take two, and if it perceives you take three, no more than four in a 24-hour period. I did not... I always follow those instructions on any medication. I never knew until I read this why you should not take more than the recommended doses. I mean, there's always a reason, right? But sometimes you don't go looking for the reason because you just want to take the minimum dosage and get things that let the medicine do what it does, no matter what the medicine is. But there's a growing trend in New Jersey it's called loperamide toxic, toxic toxicity What is it with my vocabulary today I swear there's nothing in this tea Uh the State Poison Control Center at Rutgers New Jersey Medical School in Newark says that the Oh I'm sorry it's New Jersey Newark says that the drug has a high potential for abuse misuse and risk overdose Why Although loperamide is usually tr- tr- used to treat diarrhea Diane Colella, director of the New Jersey Poison Control Center, says it can be found in common over-the-counter anti-diarrhea medicines such as Imodium, and if taken properly, it doesn't have many side effects. The problem here is, taking 100 times the recommended dose could have fatal side effects, including cardiac arrest. Colella says that people are overdosing because laparomide is an opioid. In low doses, to treat diarrhea does not affect the brain, does not cause a high. But the majority of patients who are taking it in extremely high doses are taking it either to get high or to avoid withdrawal from other opioids like heroin, fentanyl, or oxycodone. When someone overdoses on an opioid, they can die within when their breathing stops. But if they're found early enough and given Narcan, that can cause them to wake up and start breathing again. But with Loperamide, it causes the heart to develop a potentially fatal arrhythmia ...and to stop. Colella goes on to say that it really stops your heart before it stops your breathing. Narcan, which is effective to revive a typical opioid overdose, overdose, does not fix or reverse this type of cardiac toxicity. She says there's been an increase every year in lopramide toxicity cases. I didn't even know that! In 2018, the New Jersey Poison Control took more than 53 calls of patients who were severely affected with loperamide toxicity. And there's also been a slight increase in fatalities each year. I don't even know what to say. I read this article and and I'm just wondering if anyone else is as surprised as I am that loperamide is an opioid. And uh, does it come up on drug testing? On random drug test? I mean, I don't know. Probably not in a normal dosage. But I mean, 100 times the dose? Let me... Uh, listen. Let me tell you something. They suggest... The box suggests taking a third pill. Or let's say a third dose. Because it comes in liquid form too. Which is what I imagine they're drinking. Third dose. If the initial dose a third dose second dose okay a dose is a pill i'm gonna stick with the pill form because that's that's what i took two pills is a dose a third pill if the symptoms don't go away within whatever so uh and the, the one or two occasions that i had to take a third pill let me tell you something you're not going back to the bathroom for about three days So I cannot imagine, according to the article, 100 times the normal dose. 100 times the normal dose. Not only is your heart going to stop, but you're not going to the bathroom either. Maybe to pee, and I hope you have good kidneys to process that kind of uh, medication. Because as a diabetic, I have to worry... With all the medications I take for diabetes, or any other medication I might take, if I take an antibiotic, or or even if I take uh, Motrin for uh, fever or pains, I mean, I have to also be wary that I have to drink extra fluid. I have to make sure my kidneys are going to be okay processing this stuff. And I could not believe when I read this that this common over the counter. I know. I never knew, you know, the, the, the thing, the new thing going around social media is how old would you when you learn that, you know, the, 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 the bottom pad of your stapler holds extra staples or how old were you when I was today years old. I was today years old when I found out that loperamide is an opioid and mind blown. My mind has been blown about that. And so You know, really, people, you can't do that. I know that when you're trying to, I know that there's withdrawal issues and all when you're trying to stop taking opioids and things like that. Okay. And according to this article, many people trying to get off the others end up taking high doses of this. Why? Because they can go buy it in a store over the counter. There's other ways to get help. There are other ways to get help. Uh, you know, it, it it's one thing. We know we have a drug ep- epidemic, right? But then, to find out that your over-the-counter drugs can be so deadly, and I just hope that the people that need help can get the help. And God forbid, if they are overdosing on something like Loperamide to get a high or to control their withdrawal. That would be a horrible thing to waste your life trying to deal with withdrawal. To kill yourself with anti-diarrheal medicine. Uh, so... You know, for what it's worth, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk about the story because uh, as a learning thing. Like, I just didn't know. Obviously, we don't have the answers on how to uh, cure people who have this problem. We don't. But knowledge is power. And so here I bring you this knowledge that I didn't know. So there you have it. <sighs> JMtalk.net is the website. Facebook is JM Talk. Twitter is JM Talk Radio. Gonna take a quick break, come back, we'll do the final stretch with a new hero and a new wombat. So don't go anywhere. We're right around the corner. This is New York's super oldie station, 920 W O N the Apple, Brooklyn, New York. So I use my computer every day. Not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue, and you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? Okay, welcome back. It's the final stretch of the Joel Mihalik Show. I'm Joel Mihalik here, and reminding you to check out the website at jmtalk.net. Again, that's jmtalk.net. That's where you go. You can get the podcast in 24-7 form if you can't wait from week to week when we drop the new episodes. You can also subscribe so you don't miss an episode. That's important, right? So you can subscribe to your favorite player. And also, uh, you can check us out at Facebook at jmTalk. And also at Twitter, at Radio. Speaking of Facebook, uh, we posted, <laughs> last week I posted, and getting exactly the, re- the comments I thought I would get uh, was a video of a Burger King Whopper ice cream uh, uh, cones or rolls, ice cream rolls. Yeah. You know, you've heard of Coldstone Creamery and places like that where they put the ice cream and all the ingredients onto this cold stone or a cold platter made of maybe steel or something like that and they mix it all up with spatulas and they form it and do all kinds of neat things well uh, so (laughs) somebody took a whopper sandwich and i and cream and and poured it all onto one of these things and made you know, smashed it all up together and then made ice cream rolls. And <laughs> I like Whoppers. just had one today. And I like ice cream. But, man. Ugh. And we're, I'm getting the comments I thought I would get. Uh, uh, which were a lot of emoticons of. You know what I mean. So, <laughs> anyway. They're the stupid things that we put out there for your enjoyment on the Facebook page at JMTalk. Uh, this is the home stretch of the program. It is Mother's Day weekend, so happy Mother's Day to everybody out there uh, who, uh, if you know, mother of human children or fur children, when it doesn't matter to us. Um, but during the home stretch, we introduce a new Wombat of the Week and a new Honor Thy Heroes hero. And so this week is no different, and uh, we'll start off with the Wombat, and you can join in on the fun. By submitting your Wombat of the Week story to the show, simply email the link to a news story of stupid people doing stupid things to wombat at joelmahalik.com or joelmahalikradio at gmail.com. You can also submit your stories in a message on the Facebook page at JM Talk. Um, now, if Sharon were here, she would say, what if you have new listeners and they have to know how to spell our name? So the name is um, Joel Mihalik. Last name is M-I-C-H-A-L-E-C. So there you go. Uh, so this week's story is about a man who sues his parents for $86,000 after they get rid of his porn collection. So, yes, here is the story. A Michigan man whose parents took him in after his divorce is suing them for throwing away his stash of pornography. He is asking for $86,000, according to court papers. Uh, in Michigan, which uh, doesn't uh, name the plaintiff or the defendant, so we have uh, we have information about the case, but we don't know the plaintiff or the or the defendant's names. The plaintiff reportedly moved into his parents' Grand Haven, Michigan, home. Back in October 2016, while he was going through a divorce, he brought with him his porn collection worth an estimated $29,000. The porn collector moved to Indiana within a year, uh, where his parents delivered his belongings to him, minus the smutty collectibles. Wanting to be reunited with er with his erotica, the man allegedly fired off an email to his parents, blaming them for behaving vindictively, rather than trying to address the issue with him. If you had a problem with my belongings, you should have stated that at the time, and I would have gone elsewhere, the man reportedly wrote. His father allegedly wrote back, saying he destroyed the material for his son's own good. Uh, He says in his letter, believe it or not, one reason for why I destroyed your porn was for your own mental and emotional health. I would have done the same if I had found a kilo of crack cocaine. He expressed that it was his hope that his son, whose age wasn't included in the report, would grow to one day appreciate what he did. His father wrote, Someday I hope you will understand. Uh, The man reportedly complained to police about his parents' actions, but authorities declined to press criminal charges. So yeah, so he filed a lawsuit, asking for uh, $86,000 for his $29,000 porn collection. A couple things here. One what in the hell are you doing with 29000 dollars worth of porn when it's you can watch it all you want on the internet I don't under, I don't understand uh, the collection. It doesn't break it down it just says value to twenty nine dollars thousand. Second of all, you're suing your parents. This is the second time in in, in the you know in, in the Joel Maholoch show two year history so far that we're talking about court cases of p- children suing their parents. Is this some sort of new trend? I don't understand, but that's what's going on. Um, I don't have his name, or I would I would mention it, but he's a wombat. He's the wombat of the week. You don't see your parents, and I mean, what was in the porn that was uh, worth uh, eighty six thousand dollars? Wow. A $29,000 porn collection. I don't even have much to say on this subject. I mean, like, I probably could have prepared a bunch of cliches and whatnot, but, you know. Um, I have this feeling, though, because I'm not sure what kind of, um, I don't know, what kind of judge or jury or lawyer would take this case. But I have a feeling he's going to get stiffed. <laughs> okay. Um. There's that. I, I don't have a name to put with the story or the title, but that person is the title holder this week of Wombat of the Week here on the Joel Mahalo Show. So don't forget you can get your stories in. Yeah, send me something stupider than that. I mean, seriously, folks. The the stupider, the better, right? In fact, let's follow this one in the right place. There it is. Well, I hope I'm not playing for the Sixers tonight. <laughs> I missed a trash can. Okay, so also uh, on the home stretch, we honor a new hero in our Honor Thy, Th- honor Thy Heroes segment. And uh, this is where we just kind of uh, go out looking for everyday heroes, uh, whether it's in law enforcement or fire, or EMS, or dispatch, or the regular world. And we bring those heroes to you. So tonight, uh, this week... I say tonight like I'm live. Uh, this week... <laughs> Uh, I, a bit of an audio clip before we talk about this week's hero. Here we go. And officer? Officer Roger of the Governor Police Department. And can you spell your name for me? R O G E R G E M O U L E S. All right, so what happened yesterday? You were, you were just patrolling? Just on patrol. Oh, I'm usually a school resource mm-hmm. officer. And uh, uh, due to them being odd on, on spring break, I was uh, patrolling the streets. I, uh saw a car driving at. Uh, no uh, back uh, glass on the side, and expired uh, registration, so I pulled him over. Happened to be a young man, said he was on his way to a job interview. You know, we get that stuff all the time, but kind of don't believe it, so kind of questioned him a little bit more. and Seemed sincere about it, so... Um, just figure out how to get his car back home, and then uh, I told him I'd give him a ride to his job interview. That's what happened. Yeah, What'd what he say to do that? Um, he was alive when I pulled him over, and like a good young man so i wanted to give him a chance Maybe if i gave him a bunch of tickets and towed his car you know it'd be tough to recover from so yeah uh kind of give him a, a good chance otherwise he'd be fighting from the hole all the time so just wanted to give him a good opportunity yeah. and so you you took him to the chapter right? yes and just dropped him off or yeah just dropped him off yeah great um that's awesome mm-hmm. anything else you want to add that's it okay mm-hmm. i appreciate your time Okay, so there you have it. This is one of those stories of a police officer or anywhere somebody going above and beyond, in this case, going above and beyond his job, making a different decision than what he could have done. So if we if we go back and look at this, uh, I, I'll, give, I'll give you, basically, if you didn't get it off in the audio, so... Uh, this officer from Cahokia, Illinois Police Department is getting praise for his act of kindness. Uh, So he pulls over this 22-year-old, Kishon Baldwin, for expired plates. Baldwin also doesn't have a valid driver's license. So Baldwin had told Gamolis that he was on his way to a job interview and had to borrow the car so he could make it. Gamoles couldn't let Baldwin drive, so the officer drives Baldwin to his interview. And here's the thing, Kishon got the job. So instead of this officer, as he says, instead of uh, writing him up tickets for the driver's license and having expired tags on a vehicle, you know, all these different tickets that would put him in a larger hardship, he doesn't do that. He decides to take him to his job interview, and then he gets the job. So uh, he turns this, uh, what could be an expensive situation for Kashawn Baldwin into an act of kindness on his part, uh, going above and beyond, helping uh, someone in the community who was struggling already, helps him get to where he needs to go to get that job, at that job interview, and and he succeeds, he gets the job. So... uh, So, this is great stuff. This is the kind of stuff that, you know, (laughs) I say it all the time. This is the kind of stuff we like. This is the kind of stuff in Honor Thy Heroes that we want to honor. And uh, so, this is Officer Roger Gamoles from, if I'm saying all this right, Cahokia, Illinois Police Department. I hope I'm saying it right. And uh, so, he is being honored this week on Honor Thy Heroes. And we thank him for his service to the community, and in particular in this case of helping this young man get to his job interview and getting his job. So there you have it. Uh, please feel free to share stories of your everyday heroes uh, with us for the Honor the Heroes segment. Uh, same route, you can send it to Joel Radio at gmail.com or certainly post it to us on the Facebook page uh, at, at JM Talk on Facebook. So, that's how you do that. We'd love to have uh, some stories. Uh, they're hard to find. So, everyday heroes. People that go above and beyond. Let, let's have it. Bring bring it. Send it, bring it, mail it, whatever you got to do. So, um, so, they're the two regular things. Now, we have this, uh, I have one more thing. And, oh, I like that. I like that. I, I said last week on a podcast that when I in the, in the home stretch I usually have something else other than the wombat and the hero, and I did I was trying to think of what I want to call it one last thing one final thing one more thing I, I don't know that's just kind of like I mean it did actually fall off my tongue obviously but I mean it kind of rolls off right one more thing so here's one more thing that I wanted to talk to you about okay uh you're familiar with the uh the old scam microsoft scam right somebody calls you with an accent oh sorry i didn't mean to punches punch the microphone uh somebody calls you they have an accent and they say they're from microsoft and they say that your computer is infected and they have to gain remote access so they can you know clean up your computer all the while if you fall for this and many and many people fall for this you wind up having your identity stolen so now there's a slight twist that has uh, I've gotten multiple reports about uh, a new Microsoft scam where they're calling you and telling you about rebates, and of course you know so they need information from you, they need remote access to check to make sure that your computer qualifies, and again, so this is a new twist on an old scam and this is what they do this is what these people do right they make these new twists they twist the scams a little bit they tweak them a little bit so they can get your attention all over again or if they missed it the last time we'll get it this time this is very popular stuff it must be because it's a multi-billion dollar business each and every year let me say that again Scamming you out of your hard-earned money is a multi-billion dollar industry annually. Think about that. And think about people who you have in your life that it might be worthy of a conversation with them about phone calls and letters. There's a new FedEx letter going around where they send a fake check in the mail for $1,300. Ask yourself some questions. Why would FedEx be giving me $1,300? And how would Microsoft know what kind of computer I have? How would Microsoft know if i even have a computer think about these things these are really important things we all have people in our lives and typically it can be senior citizens that fall victim to this if i could have five minutes alone in a room with these people And a Louisville slugger. The world would begin to be a better place. I'm not condoning violence. But I am completely and utterly 7,000% against theft. If it's not yours, keep your hands off. There's nothing, almost nothing worse Than a thief. And especially a thief. That will social media you out of your money. So. Watch out for this. Think about that. In fact I'll give you a hint right now. Unless. You initiate a call with Microsoft support. They are never going to call your personal phone. If you're in the tech industry, like for instance, where I work every couple of years, they call us or email us because they want to do a volunteer software position audit. Uh, you know, that's that's different. They do know what we have and they want to make sure that we know what we have, where they want to make sure that we know that they know that we know that they know what we have. But as far as your personal lives, they have no idea what you have. If you have. So if you get a call from Microsoft, click, 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 air quotes, or tech support on your personal phone, I would hang up. I would hang up. And don't think, oh, I'll play around with them and outsmart them. Because they're really good at social engineering. They are really good at their job. Because it's a multi-billion dollar business annually. They know how to get you on the hook. So don't play with them. Just hang the phone up and block the phone number. And there's one more thing for you. So I want to remind everybody that a new podcast drops each and every week on Sunday evening. Times may vary. Uh, So the best thing to do is to stop by the website at jmtalk.net... And subscribe to the podcast, never miss an episode. Also, if you're jonesing, then you can listen to the 24-7 stream. The link is right there on the front page of the site. Uh, so, stop by Facebook at JM Talk and uh, chat with us. Or, stop by Twitter at JM Talk Radio. Remember, be good to yourselves, be good to each other. It's summertime. going to the park or the beach, pick up three pieces of trash. All right, behave. We'll catch you next week. Good night.